Michael Swickert here. Welcome to Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Our award-winning Hatch Green and Red Chili is brought to you from locally owned farms in Hatch, New Mexico, the chili capital of the world. Let me tell you some good culinary news. The 2023 Hatch Chili Pepper growing season is now in harvest. Therefore, the chili roasting drums are fired up with that wonderful sound and smell of roasting hatch green chili. It takes a very hot flame for the outside waxy layer of the chili pepper to be scorched to a char, allowing the removal of the waxy skin without damaging the inside chili meat. Fire roasting gives the chili meat a wonderful smoky flavor. An Old West quote, this one really hits my heart. To understand what one of these cowboys is saying, you must already know what he means and pay no attention to what he says. That's an old West saying. My relatives had a bit of that. I would hear them say they needed to get some more propane gas. And I'd want to say propane. Or that they're going to have a prostrate operation. And I'd just would leave it alone. Again, you know what they meant when they spoke and you tried not to listen to them. Now in 1948, quite a while ago, there was a college prank that caught many of the area residents in Las Cruces and Doniana County by surprise. My uncle, Eugene McKim, he was an electrical engineering student at that time and he laughed when I asked him about it a few years ago. He said the account I had from a book on NMSU was true. Harry Hickel was a student from somewhere back east who was at the Las Cruces College on the GI Bill. That's what my uncle did. He got out of the Navy and came here on the GI Bill. Now, Harry had saved some money and bought himself a shiny new pair of Western boots. Harry claimed to have bought said boots from Bert Lama, the son of the founder Tony Lama Sr. The students at the college kidded him constantly about the boots that he liked to wear, and somebody said with boots like that he could run for sheriff of Doniana County. Well, now one thing led to another, and some of the college students who were practical jokers decided to make a large number of campaign signs, Harry Hickel for sheriff. No, he wasn't running. He was laughing at this practical joke being played on some very serious political leaders who, how should I say it, they were very unnerved by this unknown candidate who seemed to be swooping in to capture the office of sheriff, which was, as best as anyone knew, a patronage job to be able to hire lots and lots of your cousins into paying jobs. So Harry Hickel for Sheriff campaign literally came about overnight with a bunch of campaign signs. Here's one of them. When trouble brews, Harry Hickel knows. Or Harry for Sheriff, Harry will get rid of bad guys. Or another, Harry Hickel is fast on the draw for Sheriff. On and on it went with the political leaders finally calling on the college president, Hugh Milton, who did not know what to make of these signs. Finally, the Dean of Engineering, Dad Jet, was asked by President Milton to get to the bottom of it, and he was laughing as he told the former World War II General, Hugh Milton II, that it was only a student prank. 
I understand Dad Jet, who was loved by most everyone, knew Harry Hickel from Harry being in some of his classes. He persuaded the engineering students that night to go pick up all of the political signs, and Dad Jet told Harry Hickel in a very nice way that he needed to work on his grades rather than pranks, which is what he did. My uncle, who graduated with a degree in electrical engineering in 1952, got a good laugh telling me the story of Harry Hickel for sheriff. This is Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Hit subscribe to automatically get these. Thanks for tuning in. We have more. Fishing is good in New Mexico. This last week, 14,241 fish were stocked into the rivers and lakes just waiting for you to catch them and make yourself a good dinner. Though there is a website with the fish and game that says by size and by species whether you should pour fresh chili sauce on the fish as it cooks or you should turn it back into the water where it was caused. The Department of Game and Fish has the, the information about this. Now, know this. A fishing license is not required for 11-year-olds and younger. And older than that, you do need one. You can get your license online at the New Mexico Game and Fish website. Now, if you are 70 years of age or older, your fishing license is free. I like free, don't you? If you do have a fish for dinner and you use some Fresh Chili Company products to enhance the dinner, take a picture and post it on the Fresh Chili Company's Facebook page with your recipe. You will become famous. A little bit of unusual history in our area of southern New Mexico. In the history books, it's known as the Battle of Messiah or even the Civil War Battle of Messiah. Now, it really did happen, and there were some men killed and wounded. It had suspense and comic intrigue, tied to the fact that the Union soldiers at a fort had, get this, too darn much alcohol, and it led to their downfall. Somewhere near where Tomba Elementary School is now, at the very southern end of Las Cruces, is a pecan orchard now, where there was a spot 162 years ago and a Fort Fillmore, which was established in 1851 by Colonel Edwin Sumner. It's named for the 13th President of the United States, Millard Fillmore, who in 1850 signed the legislation making New Mexico a U.S. territory. That's why they named it Fort Fillmore. Fort Sumner, up near Portales, was named for this same Colonel Edwin Sumner a little later. At one time, Fort Filmer was a Butterfield Overland mail stop, and there were some Civil War soldiers who at one time or another were at the fort, including Captain George Pickett. Now, you knew him as a Confederate general, and you probably also remember him for Pickett's charge at Gettysburg. There also was General Ambrose Burnside, he was here in uh, this area. So picture, if you will, that the Civil War started back east in April of 1861. The state of Texas joined the Confederacy, and there were many young men ready to go to war, but there was no war yet to go out. And so 
a Lieutenant Colonel John Baylor led a group of volunteers from San Antonio to Fort Bliss in El Paso. And in July 1861, this same Lieutenant Colonel John Baylor led about 300, 350 soldiers north to take New Mexico, starting with Mesilla and Fort Fillmore. Union Major Isaac Lynn was in charge of Fort Fillmore, and he had about 500 Union soldiers. Colonel Baylor didn't attack Fort Fillmore directly. That would have been too hard. But he went to Mesilla and took Mesilla. He had a lot of supporters there. And he put up the barricades and waited for the Union attack, which later that day came in a rush. Three Union attackers were killed, and a dozen or so were wounded in the Battle of Messiah. No Confederate soldiers were injured. The Union soldiers retreated back to Fort Fillmore. In the middle of the night, kind of a, uh, he was upset, Major Lynn decided that his troops should flee to another fort. The rebels were between Fort Fillmore and going north to Fort Thorne, which is above uh, TRC, so the Union officers in the middle of the night decided to make a run for it to Fort Stanton, which is near Riodoso, and to go over the St. Augustine Pass just like Highway 70 does right now. Somewhat in a panic, they packed hurriedly, and they all left in the dark, and the last one there set fire to the fort. The next morning, Colonel Baylor's men noted that Fort Fillmore was abandoned and on fire, and that the Union soldiers, they were on the run to the east. But now this is where the story gets funny. Those Union soldiers had a very serious problem that involved the stores of alcohol at Fort Fillmore. Major Lynn told the men to leave the alcohol and just load up on water, which they were going to need. Can you see what was about to happen? There were many, many bottles of some kind of alcohol. No, I don't know what kind. And it was a very well-stocked storehouse of alcohol. And as the soldiers, about 500 of in all, were packing at a furious pace to leave that night, one by one the soldiers, not every one of them, but certainly many, they could not stand to leave that those bottles of alcohol. Now, they were supposed to fill their canteens with water and carry other buckets of water and stuff. Since we're talking about the middle of July, alas, quite a few Union soldiers just could not. Some tried to drink their fill, which was really wrong since they weren't very steady on their feet. And some replaced every canteen of theirs and other water bottles with the bottles of alcohol. So after they had walked a mile or two, some of them started dropping out in line and, and, and they were done because they didn't have any water. Now, Colonel Baylor, the Confederate com commander, knew they were headed to Aguari Springs just over the St. Augustine Pass. And so he went a mile south over what is now called Baylor Canyon and Baylor Pass. And, if, and I've walked it a number of times. It's, it's, no, it's, it's not that easy, but not that bad. You can certainly do it. His troops got to Aguari Springs just as the first troops of Major Lynn's showed up at the springs. But that, those Union forces immediately surrendered because most of their soldiers 
most of about 500 were strung out on the road where Highway 70 is now, and they were either drunk or they were incapacitated by lack of water since they carried the alcohol instead of water. Now, the Confederate soldiers had no mechanism to hold prisoners, so the surrendered Union soldiers gave up their guns and were allowed to pick up a bunch of water from McGrary Springs and continue their trip to Fort Stanton, just north of today's uh, Rio Doso. They carried water and no alcohol, and I bet their heads didn't feel real good right away. The Confederate forces were in Messia for about six months until Confederate General uh, Henry Sibley arrived with three regiments of Texas Mounted Volunteers intending to push through New Mexico and go up to the silver fields of Colorado and get a whole bunch of, of money for the Confederacy. Now, they made it as far as the Battle of Glorieta Pass in March 1862. That was the most decisive battle of the New New Mexico campaign, and it ended the efforts of the te- Texas Confederates to capture New Mexico and go into Colorado. I'll cover this at another time. When they were going north from from Las Cruces, uh, they fought a couple of battles, very interesting battles. They took Albuquerque, they took Santa Fe, and then a number of miles to the east of Santa Fe is Glorieta Pass, and they had a big battle there and had to retreat back to El Paso. Part of the Civil War in New Mexico involved a large group of California volunteers, yes, California, who came to New Mexico in April of 1862 to support the Union cause. They were called the California Column, and there's many names among them then that are names of their descendants still in southern New Mexico. I'll, I'll cover them one of these days. Michael Swickert here with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico. What is coming in the harvest here is there going to be a special reserve release of Hatch Green Chili Veritable Big Jim in a 16-ounce jar. And friends, I am really looking forward to it. Veritable means this product will only be made with Jim, Big Jim Chili, which is a little sweet and has a medium heat level. That's the level I like the best. I, I really do like Big Jim. It is my favorite, my go-to chili. Big Jim's very popular in New Mexico restaurants and homes, and especially in my house. In 1975, Big Jim was listed in the Guinness Book of World Records as having the largest chili pots. They were perfect for chili rellenos. It was developed by chili researcher Dr. Roy Nakayama at New Mexico State University. It's a hybrid of New Mexico chili peppers and a Peruvian pepper that Nakayama and fellow researcher Jim Lytle combined. <clears throat> Big Jim is named for Big Jim Lytle, who died unexpectedly at that time, and Dr. Roy Nakayama uh, in honored him with the name. And I, I'll do a, I'll do something about Dr. Roy Nakayama one of these days too. A very interesting chili researcher. Now, one thing that happens when people live in Las Cruces or happen to come to our little slice of paradise. They can come by the Fresh Chili Company's gift shop at 1160 El Paseo Road, Suite D7A in Las Cruces, New Mexico. It is open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Now, I need to tell you there's a bunch of new products 
at the Fresh Chili Company that I find wonderful. And I, I'll miss some of them, but one of them, there's a local honey with hatch red chili that is absolutely fabulous on biscuits. French fries are so much better with the Fresh Chili Company's Hatchup, which is ketchup and hatch red chili. Come browse and look at some of these surprises. And there's also some frozen surprises that I assure you are wonderful. Again, Monday to Saturday, the Fresh Chili Company gift shop, 1160 El Paseo Road, Suite D7A in Las Cruces, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Saturday. This is Michael Swickard with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico brought to you by the Fresh Chili Company. Thank you for your time today. We'll have lots of news and stories about New Mexico for you on these podcasts. Now, if you have something or someone you would like me to talk about, write to me, michael at freshchilico.com. That's michael at freshchilico.com. Tell me the something or someone you'd like me to talk about. Have a great rest of your day. Oh, yes, eat plenty of that good Hatch Valley chili. Like I always say, some chili is good, more is better. Bye for now.